Greetings, brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Inspirational Thoughts and Encouragement. Today's scripture comes from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 7 through 10. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weaknesses. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in my insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord God, we pray that you'll bless the reading and hearing of your holy word. We pray for the courage to always be obedient. And Lord God, we pray that you'll continually bless us with spiritual insight, wisdom, and understanding as we grow in the knowledge of you, Lord God, as we grow in the knowledge of your love for us, Lord God. And as we grow, you keep us humble, Lord God. This we pray in the precious name of Jesus, your Son our Savior. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, when facing adversity or hardship, some Christians ask, why is this happening to me? Others think that they're being really spiritual when they suffer in silence or say things like, God knows what he's doing. He doesn't have to explain anything to me. It's true that our Heavenly Father knows what he's doing, amen, and does not owe us any explanations. But that doesn't mean we should dismiss our hardship or avoid thinking about what he might be trying to accomplish through it. On the contrary, the Bible tells us to remember that God is all-powerful, all sovereign, amen, even over our adversities. Ecclesiastes, the seventh chapter and the 14th verse. This was the case in today's scripture, where Paul says, God sent an affliction, God sent an affliction, which he describes as a messenger of Satan to keep him from exalting himself in 2 Corinthians 12th chapter and the seventh verse. The apostle admits pride is a problem for him, and he acknowledges that God is justified in dealing with him to correct it. Such a truthful confession does not eliminate the suffering, but sweetens it until we can say with Paul, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, insults, distresses, persecutions, and difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord.
So brothers and sisters, remember that while you're getting through, while you're going through adversities. Amen. When you're weak, then you are strong. Brothers and sisters, remember that. You'll have a blessed journey. You'll have a blessed life. You'll be able to be a blessing. Amen. And have a blessed day. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Inspirational Thoughts and Encouragement. Today's scripture comes from Philippians, the third chapter, verses 7 through 11. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself Depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father God, we pray that you'll bless the reading and hearing of your holy word. We pray for the courage to continuously be obedient. And Lord God, we pray that you'll continually bless us with spiritual insight, wisdom, and understanding as we grow in the knowledge of you, Lord God, as we grow in the knowledge of your love for us, Lord God. This we pray in the precious name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, one of the hardest things for Christians to understand is how to find joy in suffering. Amen? Yet we know it can be done because James tells us, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. First chapter of James and the second verse. And Peter says, to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. First Peter 4th chapter and the 13th verse was more with regard to persecution. Jesus said, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. Matthew 5th chapter and the 12th verse. But how is this possible, you may ask? How? Paul offers a clue in Philippians where he talks about the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings. Third chapter and the 10th verse. Now, is this part of the letter? Yes. In this part of the letter, the apostle's objective is to know Christ and to know him thoroughly. If the Lord is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, then we can truly know him while ignoring 
these attribute attributes. Yes, all characteristics. One more time. If the Lord is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, then can we truly know him while ignoring these characteristics? When we view hardships as windows into the heart of our Savior, our, our perspective changes, or at least it should change. Suffering began to feel more like opportunities than a curse. Yes, it gives us access to intimate fellowship with Jesus that comes through shared sufferings. Yes, comes through shared sufferings. So brothers and sisters, are you struggling in a trial today? If you are, I pray that you gain strength to endure so that you might discover more of who Jesus is, who Jesus truly is. Oh, hallelujah. And brothers and sisters, when you look at your trials in such a manner, you'll have a blessed journey. You'll have a blessed life. And truly, you'll be able to be a blessing to others while they're going through their sufferings, their trials. Amen. And have a blessed day. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Thank you for taking this biblical journey with me. Now, we're going to continue with the book of Ephesians, which is the 49th book in the Bible, the 10th out of the 27 New Testament books, and it's the fifth of the Pauline letters or epistles, and it was written by Paul, the apostle. Ephesians is addressed to a group of believers rich beyond measure in Jesus Christ but who continue to live as beggars. They remain in spiritual poverty. Well, it's because they remain ignorant of their true wealth. No Christian has to live like a spiritual beggar. No, when God offers spiritual blessings beyond all imaginations, to move from poverty to prosperity, however, Believers must first read and meditate on what God's word says about their true standing. We are children of God, sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given a pledge of our inheritance. Ephesians first chapter verses 13 and 14. Second, we must begin to live it by faith. There's no other way to live as a believer. The book of Ephesians was a circular letter sent by Paul to the churches in Asia. This viewpoint holds that the letter is really a Christian commentary designed for general use since it involves no controversy and deals with no specific problems in any particular church. If Ephesians really did begin as a circular letter. However, it eventually it became associated with Ephesus, the foremost of Asian churches. Another possible option is that this letter or epistle was directly addressed to the Ephesians, but written in such a way 
to make it helpful for all the churches in Asia. Finally, some scholars accept the ancient tradition that Ephesians is Paul's letter to the Laodiceans, but there's no way to be sure. And you can find that in Colossians, the fourth chapter and the 16th verse. The theme of the book of Ephesians is the spiritual bounty of the Christian and the unity of the church in Jesus Christ. The book of Ephesians is divided into two parts. First part consists of chapters one through three, and it describes the content of the Christian's heavenly inheritance, adoption, acceptance, redemption, forgiveness, wisdom, inheritance, the seal of the Holy Spirit, life, grace, citizenship, in short, every spiritual blessing. And the second half, chapters four through six, lays out a spiritual walk rooted in that spiritual wealth. Ephesians second chapter 10th verse gives a good outline for the book. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Oh, chapters one through three. For good works that we would walk in them. Chapter four through six. Some of the notable life principles that play an important role in this book include to live the Christian life is to allow Jesus to live his life in and through us. Ephesians 2nd chapter and the 10th verse. No Christian has ever been called to go it alone in his or her walk of faith. 4th chapter and the 16th verse. 6th chapter and the 18th verse. God blesses us so that we might bless others. Fourth chapter and the 28th verse. To walk in the Spirit is to obey the initial promptings of the Spirit. Fifth chapter and the 18th verse. Last but not least, adversity is a bridge to a deeper relationship with God. Sixth chapter and the 10th verse. In the book of Ephesians, Paul inspires Christians to a level of importance as they are adopted sons and daughters of God, that God himself chose believers before existence. Yes, he chose his believers before existence. Paul encourages Christians to live a life that allows them to become a better child of God. When reading the book of Ephesians, you'll find this story on Paul's second visit to Ephesus. A wealthy silver craftsman, Demetrius, discovers his business suffer with the conversion of many to Christianity. His silver craft business was intended for idols, and now with Christianity, there was no longer a demand for idols. Paul had to leave because of a riot in Ephesus, but before he did so, he was able to establish a wide Christian community there. More inspiring, he wrote this letter in prison. Ephesians 3rd chapter, verses 1 through 3. Some of the notable verses include the 6th chapter and the 12th verse. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, 
and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Second chapter, 10th verse. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Fourth chapter and the 11th verse. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. In this book, Paul tells servants, slaves in today's language, to be obedient to them that are your masters in the sixth chapter and the fifth verse. Why? I guess you ask, right? Because God will reward such behavior, the sixth chapter and the eighth verse. Brothers and sisters, know that in him, which is Jesus, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit, second chapter of Ephesians and the 22nd verse. Brothers and sisters, let's realize that you're sons and daughters of the living God. And you don't have to live in poverty. No, we are spiritually blessed. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, that concludes the brief overview of the book of Ephesians. Know that I, Glenda Bansell, love you, love you, love you, I do. But no, trust and believe there's no greater love than the love of God.